Welcome to the Lewis Jonker Podcast. Lewis is a speaker, storyteller, preacher and poet. Hope you get something out of this talk. This morning I want to do a, uh, a quick message. I don't know if I'm on the screen right now. Let's see. We'll come back. Make sure I'm on the, make sure I'm on the stand. Uh, I've, got a, I've got a catchy title for you. And um, I really believe that God wants to speak this morning. So I pray that wherever you are, uh, you would have open ears and open hearts. And um, yeah, I, I, I've really had this on my heart. And my catchy sermon title, if you're at home taking notes, is When He Reigns, It Pours. Uh, everyone's been doing Zoom calls and uh, my family's been doing Zoom calls as well. It was my sister's 21st birthday just, uh, just a few, few days ago. So we did a family Zoom call because that's what you have to do in this day and age. And we got my nan and pop on the family Zoom call after a very long time of trying to explain how that happened. And then uh, even when they're on the Zoom call, we couldn't see their faces because they were pointing the camera in the wrong direction. I'm sure you've had these exact situations. Maybe it's happened to you. And uh, as my nan and pop were on the Zoom call, I was really thinking about um, how they must have a wellspring of, of stories, and I, I just wanted to hear a few stories. So I said, Pop, tell me a story, and he started the story like this. Um, as I've talked about before, he, was, he grew up in the Netherlands, and when he was uh, between the ages of you know, six and ten, the, the war was going on. And he said, he started the story like this, Lewis, imagine not having your first piece of candy until you were 10 years old. Imagine not having your first piece of chocolate till you were 10 years old. He went on to say something along the lines of, imagine not having your first cigarette until you were 10 years old. And I said, Pop, I've never had a cigarette. That's definitely not my situation. But in, in the Netherlands, they couldn't get sugar during the war. So his whole upbringing, he never had a lolly. He never had a piece of candy. He never had a piece of chocolate. He was in deep lack because they just couldn't get sugar in. He told me the story that when, when uh, the day of freedom came, he remembers it clearly being 10 years old. And all these jeeps started driving down the road of their town, all these jeeps full of what he called poms. And he said that these poms, these English people, were throwing out cigarettes from their jeeps. This was the mighty celebration of freedom. And he says he remembers that he caught a cigarette at 10 years old and he ran back to his house and he gave it to his dad. This cigarette, this symbol of freedom. So on the 2nd of December of September 1945, after six years of pain, struggle and uncertainty, World War II came to an end. On December 6, 1865, after multiple centuries of unjust oppression, slavery was abolished in America. And in 1939, after 10 years of poverty, a 25% unemployment rate and a deeply unstable economy, the Great Depression came to an end as well. And to add to all this, on the 18th of June, 2014, after eight years of humiliation and shame, your state, New South Wales, finally secured their First state of origin win during game two at the ANZ Stadium after eight years of uh, losses to my state, Queensland. (laughs) All bad things, all bad seasons come to an end. 
You know, maybe you've heard the, the saying, this too shall pass, it originated in Germany. And Bernie would be happy. I recently learned a German idiom. And I think it's on the screen at the moment, this German idiom. And uh, I'm sure you can see it. But this translated states, everything has one end, only the sausage has two. Which essentially means everything comes to an end, everything's got an end, only the sausage has two ends. Bernie, I hope you're, I hope you're, Bernie's sitting down here, I hope you're grateful that I learnt a, a German saying, Bernie. I can't say it in German, I'm not even going to try. I say all this to give you hope for the future. But it doesn't change the fact that right now, in this present moment, just like my pop living through war and not having any sugar or candy or chocolate, we feel like we don't have candy and we don't have chocolate. Maybe you feel a deep sense of lack right now. Maybe you have a deep sense of need. Maybe you feel a great emptiness. Perhaps you have lost your employment and that can have great uncertainty and and that can cause great fear. Maybe that makes you feel a great sense of need. Perhaps you're an extrovert. Now me, I'm an introvert. I like to sit on my couch. I still get to watch my Netflix and I still get to eat my microwave meals and I'm, I'm sitting at home, I'm living the dream. Zoom calls are a much better way to connect with people, but maybe you're an extrovert. Maybe you thrive off human connection. Maybe you wanna get out in the world. Maybe you, th- you, you so desire to be here at church this Sunday so that you can talk to people and handshake and, and hug and see people that you love. And maybe not being able to do that causes a great sense of, emptiness but perhaps your children are staying home from school and you have all of a sudden become a homeschool parent and perhaps you feel a great sense of lack and need you're you're looking through this uh you're looking through this grade nine maths and you're reading through it and you're going I don't remember any of this I don't know how to help my kid through this I don't know how to set up the zoom call I don't know how to make all this happen maybe you feel a great sense of emptiness Today, I want to discuss some uh, thoughts from the Bible about what we can do about this great sense of need, lack, and emptiness. Today, I'm reading from 2 Kings chapter 4, the passage titled, The Widow's Olive Oil. Uh, I really love 2 Kings. It's got some great stories, um, particularly um, about a prophet called Elisha. And uh, Elisha was a, was a great man of God, someone who spoke for God in his generation, this great man. And uh, a lot of the Old Testament books, the whole first half of the Bible before Jesus comes, uh, really foreshadows what will happen with Jesus. And uh, I really believe this story is a foreshadowing of, of, of what Jesus can do for us. 2 Kings 4. The wife of a man from the company of prophets cried out to Elisha, your servant, my husband is dead. And you know that he revered the Lord, but now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as slaves. At the start of this passage, we have this woman from, from who was married to a, a man from the company of prophets. She was married to a man of God and he passed away. And she seeks out this other prophet, this other man of God. She seeks out Elisha. She knows who to run to. And she cries to him, you know, my husband is dead. And you know he was a man of God. But now his creditor, the one he owed money, 
is coming to take my two boys as slaves. And in this point in history, in this point in, in thousands of years ago, that was what you could do. If, if someone passed away and they hadn't paid their debts, guess what? You can go get their sons and you can take them as your slaves until that debt is paid off. Pretty scary stuff. This woman had just lost her husband and now she feels like she's about to lose her two sons. Scary stuff. If you're just tuning in, if you're just tuning in, by the way, God has always been concerned uh, for people who, 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 are, who are fatherless and widows and orphans. In fact, if, if you're wondering what how whole religion is about, you're like tuning in and you're like watching this sermon right now and you're thinking, you know, what's this whole Christianity thing about? What's this religion about? Actually, it, uh, the brother of Jesus wrote it in a letter. Uh, his name was James and he wrote it and we call it the book of James but really it was a letter to church as Jesus' brother wrote this letters and he said in James 1.27 true and pure religion is this true and good Christianity is this to look after widows and orphans in their time of distress and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. God has always been concerned with widows, orphans, people in lack, people in need, people who are feeling great sense of pain. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbours for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few, get all of them. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour the oil you have into all the jars and as each is filled, put it to the side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God and she said, go, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. An amazing passage of scripture. What can we learn from this passage? Well, I have four uh, quick points that I wanna talk about and I hope they speak to you. Point one. In times of lack, in times of need, in times of emptiness, God can do a miracle. As I said before, this woman was about to lose everything. In this ancient patriarchal society, if, if you had lost your husband or the man of the house was gone, that was, that was deeply distressing. The man of the house would be the, the, the breadwinner, the one who could make sure you could eat, the one who worked uh, in this particular society, in this particular point in time. And so losing a husband was a huge deal. Not only that, but she was just about to lose her sons. They were, being, they were the ones being raised up to work and to, and to provide for the family. Not only this, but you can imagine this woman. There isn't only the pain of losing the breadwinner of your household or losing the, the person who can provide for you, but this woman had the immense emotional pain of losing someone that she loved. Her husband was from the company of prophets. He was a man of God. He revered the Lord. He, was, he, was, he would be the guy in church uh, worshipping you can imagine the deep distress and pain that she had to go through and then the fear of losing the next two people she loved the most her sons 
because someone was going to come take them away and turn them into slaves. This woman was in a huge moment of lack, emptiness, pain. And it's in this moment that God could do a miracle. God is always in the business of doing this. I mean, in Matthew 5, when Jesus comes, he does this famous uh, sermon sitting on a mountain with uh, people sitting around him. He gives this famous sermon in Matthew 5. And, and it talks about blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are the meek, blessed are those who hunger and thirst. And he sits on this mountain, he tells these people, and it seems crazy, like, blessed are those who mourn. What are you talking about? Blessed are the poor in spirit. What are you talking about? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. What are you talking about? I thought, if I could sum up that whole passage, that bit of Matthew 5 up in a sentence, it would be, blessed are the needy because they will be filled. Blessed are the needy because they will be filled. This is what God always does. When his followers lacked food, he fed thousands with five loaves and two fish. When the party lacked wine, he made it from water. When the woman caught in adultery lacked mercy and grace, he wrote it in the dirt. When a tax collector, a fisherman, and a band of misfits lacked purpose, he manifested it with two words, follow me. And when Lazarus lacked a heartbeat, he cried out, Lazarus, rise. In moments of emptiness, in moments of lack, in moments of pain, in moments of loss, in moments of need, God can do a miracle. And I truly believe whatever you're going through, God can do a miracle in your life. I don't want this to come across as some sort of prosperity gospel. God can do anything. God's gonna manifest, you know, you know a, a brand new Range Rover in your life. That's not what I'm talking about. But what I am talking about is that hopelessness you feel, God can do a miracle. That pain you feel, God can do a miracle. All that stuff, God can fill it. Point number two, God can do a lot with a little. It's so funny when Elisha comes to the woman, he says, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? And she says, your servant has nothing at all. Nothing at all. I have nothing at all. And then she says this magic word, except a small jar of olive oil. She has nothing at all except a small jar of olive oil. Um, uh, there's going to be a photo up of uh, Reverend Everett Swanson. In 1950, this man flew to South Korea to minister to American troops. When he was there, he saw, uh, he saw so much poverty and lack in, in South Korea that uh, it really, really, really disturbed him, particularly when he saw the children. And he thought, these children, they don't have food, they don't have anything to eat, they don't have uh, medical, uh, you know, they're not treated medically. Uh, some of them don't even have a roof. And it really affected him. He felt, uh, he felt a little bit of uh, pain inside of him. So when he came back to America, in the basement of his Chicago home, in a tiny basement of his Chicago home, he started the nonprofit called Everett Swanson Evangelistic Association. And uh, every time he preached, he asked people to donate food, uh, he, uh, to donate funds to purchase rice and fuel for the children. 
Nearly 70 years later, we know this nonprofit as Compassion Child Sponsorship. And now Compassion supports more than 2 million children across, across the globe. God can do a lot with a little. A little bit of empathy and a little garage in Chicago. And now Compassion sponsors over 2 million children, releasing children from poverty in Jesus' name. God can do a lot with a little. I remember, uh, I've talked about this before, but when I visited my sponsor child, he has almost nothing. But when he was standing in his church, singing praises to his God, he had the biggest smile, the most hope, a lot of joy. And I just thought, wow, this little, this little nine-year-old in, in Bali, Indonesia, with absolutely nothing, I can see God using him, filling him with joy. My goodness, God can do a lot with a little. You might feel like you have nothing, but you might have a little. You might be coming to God in prayer and saying, God, I have nothing. But even the fact you came to in prayer, that tells me you've still got a little bit of hope. You might feel like you have nothing, but I, I feel like you might still have a little bit of faith. You might feel like you, ha you have absolutely nothing, but maybe your wife and kids are home at the moment. And maybe that's all you need. Maybe now's a, a time when you can invest in family and at a time of lack, God can do something amazing in your family. You might just have, you might have nothing at all, but you might just have a little Bible sitting on your shelf. Maybe this time of, of emptiness, maybe this time of not having much to do, maybe you could get that little Bible off your shelf and maybe you could start reading it and maybe God could start speaking to you. Maybe God could do a miracle. Maybe this isn't, doesn't have to be a time of emptiness because God can do a lot with a little. So if you've got that little bit of hope, it's time to start pouring it out and see what God does pouring it out into worship, pouring it out into... The other day I was just sitting at home as I was preparing this message, I put on worship music and I sort of pace around because I, 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 like, to, I like to speak out, uh, you know, my, the lines that I think are going to be the killer lines and I put on the worship music and I pace around and uh, I put on some gospel music and um, I found this real old hymn, Little Is Much, when God is in it and I was playing it and it was these old guys and they're singing, it's a very old hymn and it's, you know, little is much when God is in it, labor not for wealth or fame. There's a crown and you can win it if you go in Jesus' name. Little is much when God is in it. So what can we do with that little bit of hope? What can we do with that little bit of faith? Number three, if you're willing and available, God will fill you. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into the jars and as each is filled, put it to one side. So she left him and shut the door behind her and her sons and they brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one, but there wasn't a jar left. If we can acknowledge our emptiness and lack and make ourselves available to God, He will cause the oil to flow. This, this can be one of the absolute hardest things to do. You know, they say some of the hardest things to say are, I'm sorry, 
uh, I love you is very hard to say. And another hard thing to say is I'm, I'm wrong, <laughs> to admit you're wrong, to admit your faults, to be vulnerable and to admit your emptiness. So long as I keep walking into church with a mask on, pretending everything's okay, pretending everything's good, coming before God, pretending everything's okay, pretending everything's good. God can't work in me. It's in moments when I come crying to him like, God, I am nothing without you. It's in those moments God starts to pour out his oil. God starts to pour out his provision. God starts to pour out his mercy. God starts to pour out his grace. You know, I come, I come to you right now standing on this microphone. Uh, you know, God can do a lot with a little. I'm 5'9", sometimes I feel insecure about that. But I tell you what, so long as I'm here, I'm gonna try pour out. And uh, so long as I'm here, I'm always gonna be authentic and talk about, you know what, Lewis? Lewis can be so empty and Lewis can be so broken Lewis can feel so much shame Lewis can feel so I think I already said lonely Lewis can feel so empty and every time I've learned the habit that when I feel empty I don't I don't crawl up in a ball and sit on my couch and put on my next three seasons of whatever particular show I'm watching at that point in time I know that I can come to God. And it's in that moment of humility that God truly moves within us. Are you feeling lonely? Let's go to God. God, I'm feeling lonely. Would you come be with me? Are you feeling empty? God, I'm so empty. I so need you right now. I found this very interesting in the passage, a little bit of a parallel to what something Jesus would teach. Elisha said, go around to all your neighbors, ask for empty jaws, and then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. You know, as we're in isolation at the moment, doesn't it feel like the door is shut behind us? It's our family, it's us and our children, and we're shutting the door behind us and no one's allowed in. That's the exact situation that uh, this widow was in. Sometimes we need to get alone. Will spoke so well uh, the other week about the idea of Sabbath and, and uh, getting, getting alone with God and getting rid of distractions. And that's what Elisha told this woman to do. In fact, Jesus talks about it uh, when he says, when you pray, go into your prayer closet and close the door behind you. Sometimes you need to get alone with God. Sometimes you need to be alone in the presence of God so that he can do his miracle. You know, if there's all these distractions, if you're watching the news and it's just like the news overwhelms you and it fills you with fear and it's like you know it's good to stay updated but sometimes you just need to turn the news off you need to get rid of the distractions and that's when you can really open yourself up to God sometimes you need to yeah you just need to isolate yourself so what better time to get with God than right now in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Jesus says come to me all who are weary burdened perhaps empty and you will find rest for your souls. Perhaps you will find fulfillment. Point four, God won't stop till every jar is filled. 
Bring me another one. Bring me another empty jar. The oil is still pouring. Bring me another jar. But he said, there is not one left. And the oil stopped. You know, so long as there are empty young people in the surrounding suburbs of Narara, our church isn't going to stop pouring out the good news in our youth ministry. Because God isn't finished until all emptiness is filled. And it doesn't matter if it's Andrew Palmer, Phil Palace, Benj Gould, or Louis Jonka. It's not about the man who pours, it's about the miracle of provision. And it's not about the man who gives sermons, but the God who gives salvation, and he isn't done. So we have to find the empty jars. There's emptiness all around us at the moment. There has never been a better time to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Uh, an ancient theologian, Tertullian, he would say, he has this famous line that they talk about in Bible college. He would say, you know, the, the, the blood of the martyrs, the blood of people who are, who are persecuted for being Christians, they are the seed of the church. Anytime the church has been under persecution, the church has grown. Same as any time anything horrific's happened, the church has grown. This is a, a, such a time of uncertainty. This is such a time of need. This is such a time of lack. This is the perfect time to evangelize to all our friends and family who don't know Jesus about the one who can truly fill them. I love that it says, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. You know, there's people, there are people on your street. You're sitting on your couch right now. You're, you're flicking through, you're flicking, well, you're not flicking through. You're flicking through the comments on the Facebook feed because you're probably distracted right now by the, you're probably distracted by all the comments and you're not watching the sermon. I don't know, but that's probably what's happening. And then you're flicking through, you know, right next to you, your next door neighbor on that side, your next door neighbor on that side, your next door neighbor three houses down and the house behind you. They could, those houses could be filled of empty, needy people. Go to all your neighbors and find the empty jars. On your Facebook friends list, I don't know what percentage of them are Christian, but I, I dare say there's a large percentage of them that aren't. Go to all your neighbors, find the empty jars. You know what you can do? You could share this video. That would reach a few people. Pastor Craig, in a, a few weeks back, uh, he... he uploaded the little cards where you could write your name on them, you know, like my name is this and, um, and if you need help, I can help you, I can buy you groceries if you're self-isolating and you can write on those cards and you can put them in your neighbor's letterboxes so that you can actually help the people on your street. Say if they need, they're in need, they, they know that they can call you. Uh, you can find that on a few videos back, Craig uploaded those, those files. All these things are absolutely amazing because there's empty jars all around us and I know God is not done filling empty jars. When I walk into our youth ministry on a Friday night and I see all these young people and I see so much pain, I see so much hurting, so many people competing, uh, just competing for a little bit of attention on Facebook, just for a little bit of attention, Instagram for a little bit of attention, TikTok for a little bit of attention and I know they're on those things for a little bit of attention because I'm on those things for a little bit of attention and it's just like all these young people are in need and emptiness and they're just looking for something they're looking for purpose they're looking for fulfillment I know that I and our whole youth team we're in the business of trying to pour out oil because we know that God is filling jars it says in 
Matthew 24, 14. The gospel will be proclaimed to the whole world and then the end will come. In 2 Kings 4, find me another empty jar, find me another empty jar, find me another empty jar. And then when the last jar is filled, the oil stopped flowing. In the same way, Jesus says that the good news of him, the good news of the gospel will be preached to the whole world. The, the good news will reach every person. The good news will reach every nation and then the end will come. So long as there's empty people in our community, God isn't done pouring out his good news. So let's work together and pour out the good news. So my four points. One, in times of lack, need and emptiness, God can do a miracle. Is that you? Do you need a miracle? Two, God can do a lot with a little. Maybe you feel like you have nothing at all and you're crying out to God, I've got nothing at all. But you might have a little bit of something. If, side note, if you're a young person, if you're, if, you're a, if you're a child or a young person or a youth right now and you're doing some coloring in or you're, uh, or you're scrolling your, your Instagram feed, look up at the TV right now. If you're a young person, look up at the TV right now. God can do a lot with a little. Let me tell you, it says in the Bible, don't, look, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but instead set an example for all the other believers. You know, God can do a lot with a little. I don't care if you feel young. I don't care if you feel small. I don't care if you feel insignificant. God can do a lot with a little. The world's a bit crazy right now, but maybe young people are the answer. God can do a lot with a little. Teach your grandparents how to use Zoom and talk to them because God can do a lot with a little. And trust me, your parents want some, uh, your grandparents want someone to talk to right now. So if you're a young person, get on that Zoom call. Talk to some older people in your life because God can do a lot with a little. God is not done with you so hurry up because uh, God wants to use the little things in the world right now point three if you're willing and available God will fill you you have to admit your emptiness you have to admit your lack this woman when her husband died when she lost everything when she worried about losing her sons she knew who to run to she knew if she ran to Elisha, the man of God, she knew if she ran to the one who spoke for Yahweh on earth, the one who spoke for our Lord on earth, the one who spoke for God, she knew if she ran to God, there would be an answer waiting for her. And she had to admit her emptiness. She had to admit her lack. She had to admit she was helpless. If you feel helpless right now, come to God and he will fill you. And point four, God's oil will keep flowing until all are filled. So two prayers. Prayer one. My apologies. I couldn't hear what you said. Okay, Siri. <laughs> My Apple Watch is speaking back to me mid-seven. Great. <laughs> two prayers. There's probably two kinds of people watching right now. The first group of people are those who desperately need to be filled and you desperately feel a sense of lack, a desperately feel a sense of emptiness, a desperately feel a sense of need. 
Uh, if you're watching, I've got great friends who I know are feeling this, who feel like they have nothing at all. And I, I look down the barrel of this camera and I say, if you're watching this TV, you might feel like you have nothing at all, but I, 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 I pray that you would find that little bit of hope, that little bit of faith, that little bit of joy, that little bit of stuff that's still left inside of you, that little bit of creativity, that little bit of... Because I know it's in there. And you might feel like you have nothing, but God wants to do something in your life. I really, truly believe it. Again, I don't want to be some sort of prosperity, gospel, uh, prophetic, um, you know, nutcase. But, but I do want to look down the camera and I want to look to my friends and I feel a deep sense of compassion. I feel a deep sense of empathy for you. And I want to say, this too shall pass. Just like everything else comes to an end, this will come to an end. And I know that right now, in this moment, God wants to do a work. He wants to do something in you that'll be for His glory. I really, truly believe that. I, 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 I've heard your stories. I've heard your pain. And I really want to say, God is going to move just like He always does. God wants to pour out His oil. And then there's the second group of people. And maybe you feel quite full. Maybe you're an introvert like me and sitting down watching Netflix and eating a 21-piece bucket of KFC is your, uh, your jam. A couple of microwave butter chickens, just chilling. If that's you, if you feel full, maybe now's your time to pour out to others. Maybe now is your time to pour out to others. Go to your neighbours, find the empty jars. Go to your friends and family find the empty jars. Maybe is your time to share this video on Facebook so the people on your newsfeed who don't know Jesus Christ can get to know him a little bit. Maybe it's time to, to share one of the other sermons from one of the other preachers that you like better on your Facebook feed. Maybe now's the time. Maybe now's the time to share the, the Facebook, uh, the NVBC podcast to your friends who don't know or the Inhabit podcast or anything. Maybe now's the time to pour out to others because we need you too. So I'm gonna pray. And then the worship set's gonna play and this has been like an hour service. So uh, we do have our digital coffee cart and we do have our digital uh, prayer room after the foyer. So please join in on those things too. Those are super important. Uh, God, God wants to move in, in everything we're trying to offer and I, I know that uh, prayer is so important. So if you're someone who feels empty, you can join the digital prayer room. We have some specific prayer for you. And if you're someone who lacks, who, who needs a bit of pouring out in the sense of, uh, relational connection you can join Bernie's you, coffee cart zoom please Bernie I'd love you to get the coffee cart out and stand behind it and pretend you're making cappuccinos while you're on your zoom call I think that would be amazing uh, let's pray God I truly thank you for who you are I thank you that in times of need you can do a miracle I pray for my friends who are in need right now and I pray that you would reveal what you wanna do in their lives. I pray that you would know, you would, you would show them who they can run to and they can run to you and I pray that you would show them safe people they can come and speak to so that, so that you, can, you can move, God. I pray that you would fill people with your spirit, fill people with your holy anointing oil, fill people with your presence. And God, I pray for people who, who do feel full right now, who are in a good place and in a good position, that they would see who they can pour out to, that they would see who they can help in this season, 
that they have eyes to, to recognize the emptiness, eyes to recognize the lack, eyes to recognize the need so that they can help others. God, would you empower us and enable us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you.